been out on the road Waiting for new episodes We've been thinking of you And just what you need Oh yeah Now that's the show Underway I guess we can call it a day You're all ready for The Bullfinger Show Welcome back to the Bowfinger Minute Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1999 Frank Oz-directed comedy Bowfinger. One minute of screen time per episode. I'm Professor Robert E.G. Black, host of, among other Movies by Minutes podcasts, Two Minutes About Time, Pump Up the Minute, and Five Minute Arrival. But you're here for more Bowfinger. We're in Minute 89, which begins with the entrance of Daisy, and a guest, and ends with the entrance of a FedEx driver. In the second draft of Bowfinger's Big Thing script, the final scene suggests that Bowfinger's life is shifting right back to where it was before Chubby Rain. Interior. Day. California Bungalow. Bowfinger. Wow. One taste of fame. Even the crew loves me. Afram. They should. That was so generous. Bowfinger. Yes, generous. Yes, that's what I am. What do you mean, generous? Ephraim. Well, they got their investment money today. Bowfinger. What do you mean, investment money? Ephraim. Remember you told me to reinvest their salaries in the picture? Well, they all took you up on it. Bowfinger. I didn't tell you to reinvest their salary in the picture. I said, dog it, furnif of them, the disapparations. I remember distinctly saying that. Ephraim. Well, whatever you said, the crew and I understand it to mean an investment, so I issued them stock and paid it out today. Bowfinger. So how much exactly did they end up owning of this picture? Afram. Well, the movie cost $32,758.28. The crew invested exactly $31,356, which means they own 98% of the film, which means you own 2% of the approximately $20,000. Less, of course, the $6,000 I used to pay back Daisy's Visa card, but I would discuss with her about assigning you her frequent flyer miles. Bowfinger. How much did you end up with? Afram. I ended up with 12%. Would you let me take you to lunch? Bowfinger. You know why I'm not mad? Because this is such a typical story of my life. So the system beat me again. But I'll tell you something. When I watched the movie last night, and I saw my credit up there, directed by Bob Bowfinger and Terry Stricker. Man, that was a feeling. Why don't we call everyone in here? Afram. They're already waiting. Afram takes him into the inner office. Everyone is there, including Daisy. Some are holding their checks. They're very excited, and they all start to applaud him. And I'll leave the script there for now because just a few lines later, Bowfinger gets a call from Manny Wong from Hong Kong, whose dialogue has the specific but vaguely racist stage direction, Asian accent. In the film, camera is still rotating to the right. The second Mexican crew member in a suit has now come over for a refill of champagne. 
Officer Callahan is apparently demonstrating something about holding a gun to Afram, and through the front door comes Daisy, wearing something of a power suit, off-white skirt and single-button blazer, no blouse underneath, just a black bra. And she's not alone. Her date, and new stepping stone to making it big, we must assume, reaches to close the door behind them. Daisy. Hey, you guys. Cut to a new take, slightly different angle of the same. At edge of frame, Afram, from behind, and glass in hand of one of the Mexican crew. Pinned to a pillar is a photo of the Parthenon. In the next room, past an open curtain in the doorway, the Belgian poster for 1959's The Mummy, under the title La Malediction des Tharawans. By the front door, a poster for 1945's Hollywood and Vine, in which a young girl arrives in Hollywood determined to become a star in the movies, but finds that attaining stardom is a lot more difficult than she counted on. However, she does become a star of sorts, as the owner of a dog, who does become a movie star. That's a lot. Daisy continued, I want you to meet somebody. Farrah's suit might be even more of a power suit, black pants, long black coat, open over a purple blouse, itself unbuttoned rather low. But don't trust me on 90s fashion. Daisy leads her in. Everybody, this is Farrah. Farrah smiles at Daisy. Farrah and I met at the premiere. Farrah's one of the most powerful lesbians in Hollywood. Angle from behind Daisy and Farrah. Everyone seems rather impressed, especially Afram and Officer Callahan. Carol screams, Bravo! The Bowfinger International Office, by the way, is still mostly the same building, despite the block around it being redone. Large parking lots replaced with apartment buildings and whatnot, including part of a 1,000-apartment, 8-building complex called Boulevard 6200. The pillared frontage, the shape of which was also used for the Bowfinger International logo, was added for the film. For a while, the front door was apparently removed, the tiny patio just to the left of the entrance used as a porch. A decade or so ago, when the front space there was Funhouse 420 Cafe and Lounge, the old front door was gone entirely, the whole walled up. But seeing the building just this past week as I write these episodes, it appears the front entrance is back. Also, there is a fence and gate across the driveway. The building was built in 1922. It is one story and has 1,080 square feet of space inside, divided into two commercial spaces. And it sits on a lot of 5,271 square feet. Currently, those two commercial spaces seem to be occupied by Starlight Crystal Hollywood, a spiritual shop and meditation center that, according to its website, includes in its staff Jude Unegbu, an African shaman and spiritual healer who has healed clients in Los Angeles for over 25 years, and he has mastered the King Technique, a yogic healing method that directly charges the major chakras of the body by filling them with spiritual energy, which in turn allows the physical body to heal itself. Spiritual alchemist and energy healer Maria, who specializes in high-vibration crystals like Lemurian crystals, to heal her clients and remove negative energy stuck in the aura, Energy healer Anna, who has an understanding of crystals and how they can be used to self-heal and heal others, and who teaches spiritual classes to children on protective practices they can use. And energy healer Sitlali, who learned how to heal from Jude the Healer, and is currently going to school for acupuncture and oriental medicine, and is working on getting her self-healing Qigong and yoga teacher certifications. 
Kate Ramsey might frequent this place if he's finally gotten out of Mindhead. And also by The Stealth Brew, a production company that, according to its website, was founded in Echo Park by director Jason House and executive producer Caesar Vega. Our broad range of work spans commercials, branded content, documentaries, and television. And those two names are just common enough and their website just sparse enough that I'm not sure what they've actually made. Quick insert regarding the stealth crew. They are actually no longer at the Bowfinger house because a while back, the owner of the building essentially wanted to move back in and use it as a house. I didn't actually speak to Jason House directly, but I left him a voicemail. He left me a voicemail. And the one interesting thing I learned was that they actually found the audition sign from the film in the attic. And they are, indeed, fans of the film Bowfinger. Camera pens left to reveal Bowfinger emerging from his office, carrying a baseball bat. Everyone cheers. Bowfinger stops and swings the bat. He is at least playing at the premiere being a home run. He comes down the two steps from his office. Afram gives him a glass of champagne. A phone rings. Reverse, and all four of the Mexican crew pull out flip phones. Three disappointments, one call. Mexican crew member in black. Coppola, I can't talk to you right now. A horn honks outside. Cut to Bowfinger, looking a little forlorn. But, POV that'll cheer him up, looking out the front window, south down Vista Del Mar Avenue. A single pedestrian walking away from us on the left, a lot full of film equipment across the way on Selma. And just out of frame to the right, by the stop sign, is a small parking lot where I have parked many a time when attending a show at the Pantages, including just the other night as I finish up my scripts for this week, the stage musical adaptation of Mean Girls. Which, coincidentally, I believe next week's host here on this show will be Liz Whitaker from Mean Girls Minute, which I was a guest on. Of course, you've got me for one more day after today. You lucky people! A FedEx truck rounds the corner from the right onto Vista Del Mar. The shot is slowed down, even though the background walla is not. Now we get the triumphant music we might have expected at Got You Suckers. One glint of light, then multiple on the front of the approaching FedEx truck. It's a magical moment. Reverse. Bowfinger. Frozen in place. Camera dollies toward him. Reverse. The truck. Larger in the frame. A single large envelope on the dash. More magical glints of sunlight. The truck comes closer, then starts to turn at the curve in the road in front of Bowfinger International. Reverse. Bowfinger. And the camera moves left. A lovely continuation of movement. Bowfinger takes a step forward. Wide shot. Everyone else has turned their attention back to the party. Bowfinger is the only one looking toward camera. Toward the door. But one by one they turn and notice him then look toward the door. Reverse. The door. It opens. The music goes even bigger. In comes the FedEx driver, envelope in hand. 
and he looks like he didn't expect a party. But that's a wrap on Minute 89 of Bowfinger. And cut! That's a wrap! I've been your host for this minute, Professor Robert A.G. Black. If you want to hear more from me while you're waiting for tomorrow's episode, you can check out any of my previous Movies by Minutes podcasts. Michael Myers Minute, Dave Made a Minute, The Room Minute, Annihilation Minute, Mandy Sucks Minute, Cock and Bull Minute, Two Minutes About Time, Pump Up the Minute, Five Minute Arrival, or the currently running Minutia X Machina, The Groundhog Day Project Minute by Minute, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Minute. You can find any of those on your usual podcatchers, and you can find links to those and more at lemmingdrops.com. You can find the Bowfinger Minute Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, or at the main site, bowfingerminute.com. If you've got the time, please like, subscribe, and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Follow the show on Facebook at Welcome to Mindhead, the Bowfinger Minute Listener Center, and on Twitter at Bowfinger Minute. Join me here next time on the Bowfinger Minute. In the meantime, keep it together, keep it together, keep it together. Sure.